Welcome to American Football in Finland, where a few of us Americans in Finland discuss the football being played here every week. You can follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland, or check out the latest show on perfectpurvis.com forward slash AFF. I'm Perfect Purvis here with my co-host Jabari Harris. Hey, how y'all doing today? Today we're going to talk about last weekend's Maple League results, we're going to talk about this week's game to watch, and we'll of course have a couple player interviews. Okay, the first game that we're going to talk about this week is going to be the Hamelina Huskies against the Senayoki Crocodiles. The Hamelina Huskies beat the crap out of the Crocodiles 60-6. to um, I'll talk first about a couple of things that I saw in the game. The first thing I saw was after, I think, four years of playing, the Huskies have finally got better jerseys. They actually have jerseys that look like a Maple League team. They don't look like the little brothers of everybody. And I like that black, red, and white combination the way that they did it. It's a little unique. The font is kind of crazy, but I like it. Another couple things that happened in this game, obviously it was a blowout, but it happened so fast. The very first kickoff, Roman Runner goes back, 90 yards, touchdown. A minute later, he catches a punt, takes it about 60 yards the other way, 16 to 0 in the first 90 seconds of the game. The Huskies put it on the crocs from the very beginning. They never really let up in the game. Uh, a couple of things that I didn't too much care for from the Huskies was that when the game got late and they put in their backups, they scored 54 points from just the starters. When they put in their backups, the game basically stopped. The backups for the Huskies offense, they had no rhythm. They couldn't catch. They couldn't really throw. The whole game kind of stopped when they put in their backups. The only problem I see with that is eventually there might be situations where players have to miss a game. There might be injuries. And do the Huskies have any contingency? Those guys, when they got in the game, it was like they'd never been played before. So other than that, they did what they had to do, but I am a little wary about that right now. What do you have to say about it, Jabari? Well, being there at the game and seeing the game, mm, there's a lot that can be said. First and foremost, the Crocodiles are struggling. And uh, this is something that we talked about after the first game in week one. They are in a complete rebuilding stage, and we know that. But the question is, what are they playing for? Are they playing to stay in the Maple League? Are they playing to rebuild are they preparing to go down? Me personally, I don't think that they're going down. I think that they understand the situation that they're in this year, and I give them kudos for picking the time now to say, hey, we're going to we're gonna start fresh. We're going to develop some young talent. We're going to be back. Um, what I like about this Crocodile team is their history. I mean, for the last two years, when we talk about these names like Roman Runner, Justin Solitaire. These are names that are recruits of the Sanioki Crocodiles. So it's not a doubt in my mind that this organization knows how to recruit quality players and build teams. It's just that how are they going to do it and how they're going to continue this season out. From the Huskies, they had all of the answers. Um, I feel like watching the game, the offense did their job, but they didn't have to play the whole game. Um, I think that the Sanioki Crocodiles gave Roman Runner freebies. I mean, one thing you never want to do is kick the ball down the middle of the field to one of the best retirement in the game. They did it three times straight, and he made them pay for it. Uh, this Huskies team, they're going to be a dangerous team. They're going to be a very dangerous team. And one person that I want to point out is the man himself, Stan Bedwell. Now, 
The whole offseason, we've talked about this guy. Can he play in the Maple League? How old he is? Can he build a team? Stan is doing exactly what the Huskies need him to do. He's going out, managing the game, and putting points on the board. But at the same time, he's building a program. So kudos to Stan. Another great game by Stan. I think, again, he threw over 80%, and he's proving to all of those people that doubted him and the Huskies that the Huskies are serious this year. All right, I just wanted to add a little bit more about the Crocodiles because I didn't talk much about them. Like you said, the Crocodiles are a great organization, and even the players they have now, I think they can play better. There's a little bit of a a downtick on uh, Brett Arve. A lot of people are saying, well, maybe he's not that good of a quarterback. I watched this last game intently. Don't blame the quarterback for drop passes, bad routes, receivers not getting separation. He has nowhere to throw, no time to throw. There's a lot of things that aren't gelling for them, but I don't think it's just that quarterback not living up to the game. He's also playing punter, and he's averaging almost 40 yards a punt. Besides those couple bad punts to Roman Runner, which he definitely shouldn't have done, he's doing a really good job staying calm considering that he's on the field four downs, including that punt. He actually made a tackle in the last game, if I'm not mistaken. So besides that, they need to get some playmakers out there. Like you said, the Crocodiles are known for recruiting good players. I don't know if maybe they didn't get who they wanted this season, but one guy, I'm going to call him out, Anthony Brooks, the receiver, he's not he's not playing as good as you want from an import receiver. I'm sorry. They need a go-to guy, and Dijon Washington is the best go-to receiver they have right now, and that's a shame because he is a defensive player. Now, on the other side, Anthony Brooks is playing great on defense. I think he's playing really good at that kind of outside linebacker safety position in certain games. He, But on the offensive side, they need somebody to give them that boost so that they can actually compete in these games. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that they really just don't have a lot of chemistry. And, you know, in football, in the sport of football, me being a quarterback, everybody wants to throw the blame at the quarterback. They want to bring out statistics. They want to bring out losses and wins. But one thing I want to commend on him and tell him to keep doing is keep being strong and keep being positive and don't quit. Um, a lot of quarterbacks have come into the Maple League and have found themselves a part of teams that are rebuilding. Um, what he has to understand is that it's a growing pain. And this is a team that the Sanioki Crocodiles haven't had for years. I mean, we talk about how successful Justin Solitaire was. And then you have to also honor that he had Spencer Cutlin, he had Timothy Thomas, he had import running backs everywhere. Brett doesn't have the luxury of having that same team this year. So I can't sit here and say that, oh, he's an awful quarterback because the statistics doesn't show. I'm saying that the team overall is struggling, and you're right, they need to bring in more help for him. Well, what we're going to do next is we're actually going to have an interview with the Crocodiles linebacker, Corey Magwood, and he'll tell us a little bit about what happened in the game and He'll give us some insight on what's going to happen next week for the Crocodiles. Welcome to the show, Corey. Thanks. Glad to be here. All right. Uh, first question I wanted to ask is I was watching the game, and, of course, I don't understand finish. So I noticed that you left the game kind of early, in my opinion. I was wanting to know, did you leave the game because of injury, or did you leave it to prevent injury because the score got kind of out of hand at one point? Uh, I left it. Because of injury, I got a little banged up last week against the Royals, and I've been trying to rest up 
with such a quick turnaround to get back out there and mm-hmm. I was still had a little bit of nagging pain and throughout the game it began to slow me down so it got out of hand and it wouldn't have been fair to the team if I stayed out there going about half speed when we got some young guys who can come in and get some experience so at halftime we switched it up and let some young guys get out there okay that's that's a smart move for you guys because you actually told me earlier that Josh Clark was out of the game because of an injury that was kind of nagging him from the beginning of the season. So that's a real good thing that you guys are being smart and conscious about your health. It's a long yeah. season in the Maple League. You got 12 games total. Yeah, it's pretty long, and depth is going to be key for us at this point. So we got to get guys healthy out there. I noticed that you were playing middle linebacker during the game at sometimes. Do you feel that that's the position that best suits you and your game style, or do you feel more comfortable as an outside linebacker? Uh, Yes, as of right now, that is probably the best suit for me. I played some weak side linebacker and strong side well, outside against the Roosters and also a little against the Royals. But I feel like with my athleticism and ability to recognize plays, it'll probably be best for the team if I'm in the middle and able to go sideline to sideline and also adjust the defensive line and get guys in position to make some plays. Yeah, so you're definitely taking that leadership role out there on that defense. You're the guy. You're the Ray Lewis of that uh, (laughs) Crocodiles defense, huh? I wouldn't compare myself to Ray Lewis, but (laughs) I'm trying trying my best. So the the Huskies receivers were pretty much everywhere. They run an air raid attack. Uh, I noticed that you were matching up with the – very tall, finished, thick, tight end slot slash slot receiver Tommy Penta. Did you find it challenging to match up with him during the game? Uh, we we barely played any man coverage throughout the game. We played about ninety five percent of the zone, and when we did, most of the time I was covering the running backs. So I got to spot a quarterback, but a couple of times I ran, I ran bump and ran with Tommy Penta down the field, and he's a big guy. It was all right. He's a, he's a good guy. I'll give him credit. And I'll give credit to those receivers for the Huskies as a whole. As a unit, they were tough. And they played a solid game out there yesterday. They helped Stan Bellwell out a lot, got him up, got open, gave him some targets, and they, they played a solid game. Yeah, they have a pretty good offense. Speaking of which, they put up over 400 yards of offense against you guys. What did they do really well that you guys had the most trouble with? Uh, I would say Bedwell did a great job of running a variety of different screens and the receivers and running backs did a good job after the catch and picking up extra yards. Uh, But the majority of our problems, I feel like they came from us shooting ourselves in the foot. We came out very slow. We missed tackles and blew a couple of assignments on key plays where we needed stops to get off the field. And those are some things that we're going to have to correct if we want to turn things around here. Next week, you guys host the Butchers and have a chance to get your first win of the season. What kind of corrections will you guys make from this game to carry over into next week against the Butchers? Obviously, we only have about five days until we play the Butchers, so we we can't really afford to spend a lot of time on yesterday's game. But we will go back and watch a couple of the plays where we need to clarify and fix some things that really were like blown assignments throughout that game. And then we're going to turn our focus to our game plan for the Butchers, and we'll hit the field running, begin sharpening and executing our plan. But I feel like for this week, our main focus this week is going to come, is going to be to come out mentally sharp and 
just be ready for a physical, hard-nosed football game because after watching a little of the Butchers game, it, it's obvious that that's how they play. So if we don't come out physical, aggressive, fast from the start, it's going to be a bad night. Okay, Corey, we appreciate you answering a couple of these questions today. Uh, best of luck to you guys next week against the Butchers. I hope you have a great game. I hope your injuries heal up for you guys and you guys can finish strong this season. We appreciate you coming on today. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Thanks again to Corey Magwood for taking the time to talk to us today. We'll get on to the second game of the week. Porvo Butchers were at the Turku Trojans, and they dominated and beat the, the Turku Trojans 38-0. to The game was a little dry, in my opinion. I don't know how anyone else felt about it, but basically the Butchers lined up, ran their balance attack, and the Trojans just took it. I, I was really disappointed in the Trojans' defense for not doing more exotic things, trying different slants, blitzes, coverages, more more of the front seven doing more. I expect to see more movement. They kind of just lined up and let the Butchers do what they wanted with them. Another thing was Darian Hall, He he's slowly becoming my MVP candidate. I don't want to take it away from Miko Seppinen because that's my hometown hero, but Darian Hall... He he was the X factor in this game. He played punt returner and averaged 40 yards on three punts. Every time he returned the ball, he put them in scoring position. He made the offense easier. And then on offense, he was the guy that he was the focal point. Every play was either a run or a play action to him. So he took the burden of the team and made it easier for everyone else. Even on the first play from the scrimmage where they scored on a play action pass, everybody thought it was going to be a run. He fakes it to Darren Hall, throws a deep 67-yard touchdown to Miko Seppinen. It all starts with Hall. And that's one really good thing I liked about this game was that the Butchers, we know who they are, and they're sticking to it. Now, you're going to look at the stats and you're going to say, oh, well, Jordan Moore scored three rushing touchdowns. Look at how long those rushing touchdowns were. They were in the red zone. You know how they got there every time? Darian Hall returning the punt, getting them in position, going to offense, running the ball, and catching the ball in this game, and getting them into the red zone, and then Jordan Moore finishing it off. They're a great one-two combo, but it starts with Darian Hall, and I really like how he's playing in this game. What about you, Jabari? I have to agree with you. I mean, looking at the stats, this guy had 20 carries for 142 yards and a touchdown. Um, he averaged 7.1 yards a carry. This guy hasn't been stopped since he's the leading rusher in the league and he is carrying this team and you're right Jordan Moore and Hall they are a one-two combo now one thing I like about like I said I always talk about how I like this power offense but one thing I want to shine light on is Jordan Moore and the reason I want to shine light on him is a lot of people have questioned his ability to make plays his ability to be a quarterback in Finland and this is something that I've been wanting to point out about the league a lot of people want to compare quarterbacks based on how they play. Now, I want to say this, and I'm going to make a very, 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 very bold statement here. But if I was to pick an MVP candidate of my own okay. for right. the season, it would be between Brandon Connett, Jordan Moore, and Darian Hall. The reason I say that is because I think about this Butcher team and where they've been the last two seasons. They haven't had a 2-0 and start in the last three years, okay? In matter of fact, they haven't been able to beat Turku or Tampa Bay consistently in the last two years. 
So now you get a guy like Jordan Moore that comes in here. Is he a every down passing quarterback? No. Is he doing everything for the team? No. But will this team be able to move without him? I don't think so. Same way with Brandon Connett. Now, what I like about Jordan Moore that I think that he's been able to do that the last two butcher quarterbacks haven't been able to do is the motivation that he's bringing to the team. He's always working hard. He's always posting in the media. He's always excited to play. You see him throughout the game, he's always talking. He's always energetic. And he's doing exactly what the team needs him to do. I don't think this offense is asking him to do what Brandon Connett is doing. I think that Jordan is the best in the league at doing what he does, and Brandon Connett is the best in the league at doing what he does. And that's what's allowing this butcher team to be successful. Let's not take away from that defense. That defense has given up, what, seven points in two games? Yeah, that that is surprising. So with that being said, they have made a complete turnaround in their identity as a team. And that's what's allowing them. And then this Miko Seppinen guy. Last week he was a bit quiet, but this game, six catches, 111 yards, touchdown. He had just about as big of a game as big-name players, as we said, Bernard Luster, R.J. Long. Timothy Thomas. So they're finding themselves in a situation where they have a sure running back. They have a sure go-to receiver. And now Jordan's emerging as being as just a simple game manager. One thing I want to talk about him is we talk about all these other quarterbacks and what Jordan and Jordan is not doing. One thing I can say is he's not throwing four interceptions a game. He's not fumbling the ball. He's not putting them in situations where they have to come out of a hole. Every game that they've played, they've come out fast and they've done enough to finish the game with a big margin. And that's what I think makes this Porvo team very, very, very challenging for opponents in the future down the road. Yeah, a lot of people aren't going to be able to play against their style because no one else has that style. Mm -hmm. It's a very run-heavy but balanced run-heavy. They sprinkle in the triple option. They actually went shotgun in this last game, and I loved it. Seeing Darian Hall at slot receiver, if I was on defense, I'd be a little scared of that because I don't know what they were going to do out of it. And they did a lot of basic passing concepts, but the fact that it was exotic to what they did the whole game made it work so well. But just on the other side, got to talk about the Trojans. I don't say I don't want to say I know exactly what's going on there, but – it seems to me they're not trying to, to win these games. I'm sorry, but this is was a must-win situation for them. They haven't won any games this year. They've played against some of the best teams. Butchers are, uh, to their own right, they're a great team, but I don't feel like the Trojans gave it their all in this game. I was surprised that they did have two fake punts, and Ville Soyanen, my boy, number 21, he did his thing, and he, he converted fourth downs for them as a punter. And, again, Ville did everything for the Trojans. He was the punter. He was the kickoff returner. He was a punt returner. He he led the team in tackles. I mean, what else does this dude have to do? Like, I was surprised that he didn't line up at quarterback. They actually went to their backup quarterback at the end of the third quarter, but I was surprised it wasn't Ville Soyanen because he's the only one I see on that field trying to win games. No one else is trying to win games. And speaking of the quarterback, I'm not going to put it on Rivera. I'm sorry. I believe that this is a team sport. And I've seen his number one receiver 
I want to say his name is My Try. I don't know how to pronounce the My little try. guys. Yeah, yeah, My Try. I seen him drop three passes. I seen him targeted about eight times and not be open or not connect with the quarterback. He needs help. Rivera is. I think he's a very capable quarterback, but he's not in a situation where he can be helped. He went six for nineteen, six for sixteen actually, for forty yards. Imagine if My Try caught those three passes, and these weren't. Oh, he was reaching. Out. No, these were drops. He dropped. He catches those three passes, and now Gilbert Rivera is nine for sixteen for about eighty yards. And some of their drives actually get extended instead of dying on third down, where he's actually finding a receiver, and the receiver isn't helping him out. Josh Quezada, aka Juice, found out that's his nickname. <laughs> Juice cannot be the only aspect of the offense because the offensive line is good, but it's not great. Right. And, and even with that being said, looking at the stats here with Josh Kazada, the man had 20 carries for 77 yards with the average of 3.5 yards. That says there that teams are figuring out that if we limit him, we've completely took the Trojans' offense out of the game. Yeah. And that's what's going on. And now is the time for them to try to find the pieces because they can't play like this. And Kazada's not going to be able to continue to take 20 to 30 carries for 70-some yards, getting hit in the mouth by three linebackers every play for an average of 3.5 yards. It's not going to happen. And they have to find I, – I see that. I see Rivera and I see Brett in the same situation in, in San Diego. Yep. I see them in the same type of situation where, yeah, when you're, when you're looking at these teams for what they were last year, and I can imagine being them. You get recruited to San Diego and they tell you, we've been to two Maple Bowl backs-to-back. Yep. You get recruited – by Turku, and we've been in the Maple Bowl, and we've been semifinals two years back-to-back. So in your mind, you think that you're walking into a situation where you're going to be able to use your talents to take them to that next level, and you get there and you see, I'm in a situation where I'm nowhere near close to having that type of help. So I can imagine that these guys are frustrated. Looking at their college histories, these guys are not losing quarterbacks. Nope. They're not bad quarterbacks. In the States, when they've had the talent, these were the guys that the league, these teams have went out and said, we want them. Mm -hmm. So now that they're here and they're struggling, how can we look at them and say, oh, they suck? Yep. That's that's blasphemy to say. Yeah, there you go. Another name I'm going to throw out there, Kyle Bopit. Where he at? <laughs> did, did, you, did he have any stats? I'm not sure. But if if you're an import, that means that team thinks that you're good enough to bring you from whatever country you're at to make their team better. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting any stats playing a highlight position like receiver, then, I mean, somebody needs to pack a bag or somebody needs to change something about that personnel. I don't know who needs to make the change, but it needs to happen. Things are getting dire for the fast. Trojans. Yes. They're looking at going down to the first division if they keep playing like this. But we'll move on. Uh, next up, we're going to have an interview with the running back from the uh, Turku Trojans, Juice Quezada. And then we do music. Yeah, music. And then we'll have a clip, and then I'll be back. Welcome to the show, Juice. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you having me. Well, we're just going to get right into the questions. Not going to spend a lot of time gabbing. Uh, you guys had a tough loss against the Butchers on Thursday, but you still managed 3.5 yards a carry, and everybody knows a running back's goal is three yards a carry. That's really impressive considering the Butchers knew that you would be the focal point of the offense. 
how did you stay so consistent in that type of situation? Well, as uh, well as for our offense, um, when I first got here, um, I, I threw out you know a couple goals, and actually one of the goals I mentioned was um, was actually the average per carry, and actually our goal was actually five yards a carry. Um, and uh, I actually mentioned that to the linemen, and I told them, you know, we got to set the the bar kind of high. So um, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, signed with the Trojans because they're known for having such a great offensive line. And so I told them, you know, if we're great, then let's uh, let's set the bar pretty high. So, um, so yeah, we didn't reach our goal, you know, our personal goal as a as an offense or you know as an offensive line as a running back. So. Um, but yeah, since we end up averaging 3.5, which, um, I mean, at least in my eyes, isn't, you know, isn't good enough. So I'm still striving and still, still pushing to, to, to average, you know, five, if anything, that's, that's a goal for, for, um, for our offense. The Trojans offense was one of 11 on third down conversions against the Butchers. Could you explain why the offense has so much trouble extending drives? Um, yeah, that was actually another another one of our goals. Um, another one of our goals is converting at least um, at least fifty five percent of our third down conversions, which uh, we haven't met our goal yet. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, it's been a, it's been a struggle um, these, these couple games, but um, um, we've been slowly progressing as a, as a team. Um, as an offense, we actually completed a couple more passes than, you know, our other games. So, but um, it seems like we're, we're, we start clicking, we start getting things going, and then, you know, penalties can, can always kill you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard it's hard to stay focused when, uh, you know, you have momentum, you start moving the ball, and then, you know, you get you get shot in the leg or something like that. And, you know, and I'm going backwards because of, you know, simple, simple uh, penalties. So that kind of, that kind of just kills momentum regardless of where you are on the field. You know, it can change, it can change the, the whole, the whole game once, uh, once penalties are, are happening, you know? Well, this season, you're the workhorse for the Trojans offense. Will it, be a challenge for you to keep up 20 plus carries a game for the entire season. It's a 12 game season. And then if you guys make it to playoffs, it could become a 14 game season. Well, that was um, pretty much what, what's expected of me, you know, especially as a running back. And if, if we're, you know, a, a run offense, I got to make sure that, you know, I do my job and, um, you know, some games I, you know, I'll have to maybe even do 30 carries. So I got to make sure that I'm preparing myself physically and and mentally. You know, um, especially you know when we go against good teams like the Roosters and uh, the Royals. I th- I thought uh, those teams were a little bit better than the Butchers. I just think that we need we need to we need to start clicking a little bit better. Um, you know, we've only been together for a couple weeks. I think we're the youngest team. Um, in the conference, um, import wise, you know, I've seen a lot of the, or I noticed a lot of the imports from the other teams or, you know, they've, they've been around for a couple of years. So, um, just like any program or any team, you know, it takes, sometimes it takes time to, 
to start meshing, start clicking. Everyone, you know, is on the same page. So, you know, I'm just trying to be patient. Um, I know with time that we will we will progress and we will we will get better. But yeah, it can, it can be you know a little frustrating. But just like any program, you know, you gotta you gotta expect the flaws. You gotta expect um, having issues and the struggle. So, um, you know, I'm with my team. If we're in a hole, we're stuck in a hole. Regardless, you know, I gotta make sure that we still have the same goals and we're striving for them. This upcoming game, you guys are gonna play against the Hamelina Huskies. They run kind of a a 3-3-5 defense and sometimes they actually run a 4-2-5 defense. With them having these different fronts and different personnel, do you think your offensive line can be successful against this team in this upcoming game? Well, a um, Mm 3-3-5, that's more of like a play-it-safe type of defense anyways. Um, I remember in college when uh, Boise State ran it, um, it actually works great in the run game at least. Um, they'll probably adjust down to a, a um, you know a four two or five two, just because we're heavily a run game. So mm-hmm. we're gonna have to make adjustments based off what they're showing us. We'll you know we'll have our game plan and we'll install some new stuff and uh, we'll just go from there. You know can't really freak out. Um, I saw I've seen them on offense there and on defense. The Huskies are they are a great team. So. We just got to get ready for them, um, and especially, you know, can't be looking backwards on the teams we played. I think we just need to um, look at the progress we've made, focus on making new goals. And then uh, I haven't mentioned it yet, but um, a couple, you know, we're getting kind of banged up and running thin on, on guys, you know, so uh, we're two imports short right now. You know, sometimes it can take a toll on the whole team when, when guys are getting hurt, so mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we're trying to make adjustments, and we're just working with what we have. That's enough football, man. You've been in Turku for I want to say a little over a month now. How do you like Finland <laughs> so far? Well, honestly, I haven't I haven't really had time to really like venture out, and within the the city, I've been probably like a you know like a two three kilometer radius circle. <laughs> I'd say I've I've been in a, a bubble for the past couple weeks just because I've been so focused on, you know, the games and really haven't really had any free time. And then, you know, when we do that free time, it's usually like the day or two after the game. That's when I'm, you know, recovering my body and taking care of myself. So, but yeah, I'm trying to plan out some, you know, stuff in the future where we have longer, you know, days off that, uh, you know, go check out the, the Capitol Helsinki and, Go check out the open waters. I mean, um, you know, right here next to the port. So I got some beautiful, some beautiful food and some great, some great sights to see. Especially, you know, they got a couple of like, you know, we live like a hundred meters from uh, one of the biggest churches out here. So it's it's cool to see some true history. Yeah. Um, you know, you start pre- you start appreciate things a little bit more compared to the states because just because. There's more years involved, you know, like in the States, it's a couple, you know, decades old. But over here, it's like seeing something a couple hundred years old is, is amazing. And it's really cool to, to learn to learn a new culture. And But it's crazy. Another thing is crazy is the language. I didn't I didn't realize how how tough. Yeah. <laughs> the Finnish language is, man. Like, you know, I like I like learning a couple few words. I try to tell the, my teammates, like, hey, give me a word of the day, you know, each day and try to pick up on 
understand the language, but it can be really difficult, at least compared to uh, Spanish or, you know, French, or even uh, when I was in Poland, I thought Poland was a little bit easier than the language here. <laughs> yeah, there's people that have been here for years, myself included, that still don't understand or, or can't learn the language. It's, a, <laughs> it's one of the most difficult languages in the world. So don't don't feel bad if you don't pick it up in, in a few months here. Uh, also, uh, just a little heads up for you. Finland has a, a summer holiday called Midsummer. It should be in, okay. in, in the last week of June, I think, this year. So during that week, the country basically shuts down. Like all the stores and stuff shut down. And all the Finnish people, they go out to summer homes. They go out to lakes. And they hang out and people get together. And if you're definitely, I know that your season is can be tiresome because you guys are working hard. You're doing a lot of running. But during yeah. that midsummer, you're definitely going to have a chance to meet people, see the cities, and have a good time during that break. So don't worry that you won't have the time. I promise you that you will. <laughs> yeah, let's try and be patient. Yeah. Be able to you know, enjoy the, the being in a foreign country. We appreciate you talking to us today, Juice. That's all yeah, we got course, for you. And we wish you best of luck in your next game against the Huskies, man. See you later. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me and um, taking the time to, to talk to me. Thanks again to Juice for taking the time to talk to us. We'll get into the third game of the week. Uh, Jabari, tell them about the Wasser Royals and Helsinki Roosters. Ooh, it's so much that could be said about this game. I first and for, first and foremost, I want to say kudos to the Roosters for coming out and silencing everybody, even me, everybody, especially me, even us here at AFL for saying that the Vasa Royals were the number one team in Finland. First and foremost, the Roosters came out and won this game, thirty-four to six. That's all that needs to be said right there. Um, there's a lot of things that I've seen in this game. First and foremost, after watching Vasa last week, I had some questions about their offense because versus Sanioki, they had a slow start. And one thing that I'm not understanding is why is it taking so long for R.J. Long to get involved in the game? Um, I watched the first two drives, and they had Curtis Slater guarding R.J. Long, and Justin didn't even try to look that way. Mm-hmm. Then eventually RJ said, hey man, look, I can get open. He made a play and scored their only touchdown. Um, the Roosters defense had all the answers for this Voss offense. I think there are a lot of things that can be said. Maybe it was the bus ride. I mean, from what I hear, the bus broke down. Maybe the guys were tired. And also injuries. Yes, and we didn't get to see Spencer Cutler in this game. So I think that Vasa. They came down with a lot of guys, a lot of potential guys that could have helped not active for the game. So it probably played a big difference in this offense that they went to. I mean, it definitely didn't look like what we would have expected to see in this game versus the people that they bought in. I mean, you got R.J. Long, you got Justin Solitaire, a guy that's played in nothing but a spread since he's been in Finland, and we come out in the game with tight ends and two backs. (laughs) Nobody was expecting that. And what I what we've seen in this game is something that we've been preaching about the whole offseason, the last two years. What type of quarterback is Justin in big games? This game he came out and he struggled big time. Four interceptions. You would never beat the Helsinki Roosters 
throwing four interceptions. I don't give a damn who was on the field and who wasn't on the field. You got to take care of the ball. Now, you think who had these four interceptions? Was it Curtis? Was it was Curtis just making the biggest difference? Curtis had two of them. Curtis did a great job, and I think Coach Q and this Roosters team, this defense, they had the answers for this Vasa D, for this Vasa offense. I think Vasa came out initially and did what everyone expected them to do because Coach Q gave them the blueprint, test our running defense. Hey, they shut that down. The Royals had 61 yards rushing total, no touchdowns. So that test that the Roosters were looking for in that rushing area, it, it didn't come. Uh, the man of the game, in my opinion, is ha- and this guy, like I said, he's one of my favorites to be the MVP, is the man Brandon Connect. All right? This guy went out 18 for 32, 329 yards, three touchdowns, versus a defense that the league has said one of the best defenses in the league. Also, let's not take it away that he rushed for two touchdowns and 33 yards. Brandon Connect had a total of five touchdowns, Versus the Vasa Royals. I think he's averaging five touchdowns a Again, game. <laughs> my question is, who's going to stop this team now? Um, I wouldn't be able to say who. Uh, one thing I want to talk about today, I was at the game, and I had the same feeling that almost everyone had, and social media blew up afterwards, here in Finland anyways, uh, about, oh, my God, I can't believe it was a blowout. Uh, Royals aren't anything we say they are. Well, Let's, let's just really look at it. I'm just going to throw some numbers out at you, and you tell me what you think about it. If I tell you my quarterback went 21 for 33, 255 yards, one touchdown. My offense had 382 total yards. My team had 19 first downs compared to my opponent's 18 first downs. On third down, we were 6 for 11, 55%, compared to our opponent's 3 for 9, 33%. We were in the red zone four times in this game. If I give you those stats, does it sound like my team won that game? Sounds like they would have won. Yeah. Those are the Royal stats. And don't think that, oh, well, 382 ain't that bad. 382 compared to the Roosters, 449 total. They Their stats say, oh, we should have been in the game. But you know what? Their stats that let you know that they were not as good as the Roosters, they were in the red zone four times. That's four scoring opportunities. You know how many times they scored? Zero. They had zero scores in their red zone. They had four interceptions, one fumble, five turnovers. Three of those came in the red zone. So that's 21, almost 28 points that they don't have because they could not finish. And that's the difference between the Roosters and the Royals right now. Now, do I think that the Royals are that far? Uh, what was the score? 34 to 6? Do I think there are 34 6 difference between them and the Roosters? I don't. I saw the stats. I saw the game. They had drives. The Roosters played bend but don't break defense, which means if you work some of those kinks out, if you don't throw those interceptions, if Tom Suosi doesn't fumble that ball in the red zone, if you finish these drives, instead of forcing the ball, you settle for a three-point, maybe you're in this game. Maybe you're looking at something like a 28-20. to 42 type game or something like that you're looking at maybe 10 points instead of this huge gap that we had in this game because a lot of times when they were in scoring position they just screwed the pooch and when you screw the pooch it hurts you definitely there was a there was a point in this game where they were in the red zone 
and they were down 14 to 6 early in the game. So we're thinking, okay, this is going to be a game. Sotelaire forces the ball to RJ into a double coverage. It's intercepted. Roosters get the ball inside their own 10 yard line, drive the entire field, and score. So now it's 21 to 6. That's a 14 point swing. Instead of it being tied at 14, you're down by 14 now. These are the type of things that the Roosters, they don't make these type of mistakes. And that's why they're the five-time champion. The Royals, you're playing like rookies. You're playing like you're new to it, and it showed in this game. Now, do, do you have an entire season to get better? Yes, you do. And it's good that this happened early in the season for them because now they know this is the difference between us and the best team in the league. So my, my challenge to the Royals is I want to see you guys close that gap. I'm not changing my pick. I think that you you have the team, you have the talent, you have the players, but what you don't have is you don't have that championship mentality. You got the offseason swagger. You got 85 different uniforms. Them gold ones y'all wore in this game was horrible, but that's okay. That is okay because you still have a long season to come back and show that you're not a team that can be knocked out in the first round. It was just first round. You're going to see them again this season. You're going to see them in the playoffs. So you got at least two more chances. Now, will you rise to that occasion? That's my question. That's my challenge to the Royals is to rise to the occasion and show that this one game does not define your season. Absolutely. And even like you said, when we look at the stats and you look at points off turnovers, 14 points for the Roosters off of the Royals turnovers. That right there alone could have made it a closer game. Yeah. Um, some things that I want to point out here from the receiver department. This guy, R.J. Long, is a beast. Even in a loss where he was double teamed the whole game, yep. where he was covered by Curtis Slater, one of the best DBs in the game, he was able to get eight catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. But he was alone. Again, the stats are great. If you look at those stats to what Sautelaire did, take away his four interceptions, and his stats are okay. But those interceptions happen. Yep. That's the difference in this game is it doesn't matter how good these guys play if they can't make the big plays. The big plays is what changed this game. Slater had two interceptions, should have had three or four if it weren't for a couple of penalties. Mm -hmm. But these guys made the big plays, and that's the difference between these two teams right now. It's not a 34-6 difference to me. Nope. It's that 14-point swing. And I think the second game when they're in Vasa is going to be a different game for the simple fact that at the end of the game, these teams clearly created a rivalry. Yeah. There's some bad blood between the Vasa Royals and the Helsinki Roosters now. And I have to give credit to not just the teams, but thankfully to the media and the fans of the sport for hyping this game up to be the way that it's been. I think that when the Roosters go to Vasa, that that's going to be a much tougher game. Uh, for one, they're going to probably be playing on something that's not the Velodrome. Yeah, that's horrible. Uh, the Vasa Royals are probably going to have most of their players that didn't play this game back. But also, I think that there's going to be a greater amount of hate. I mean, when you go on the road in a game like this and get embarrassed, mm -hmm. that has to do nothing but motivate you. And I really believe in this Vasa Royal team for the simple fact I know Booker and his coaching style. I know Seppo. I know the guys that are running the show are not, oh, we get kicked down and stay down type of guys. They're going to tell their guys, they're going to support their guys, and they're going to motivate their guys to just look at the film and see what we see. They're going to say, guys, look at the stats. Look at the film. Look at the mental mistakes we made. Mental and mistakes. look at how close we were 
And I agree with you. I honestly believe without the minimal mistakes, we probably would have been seeing a touchdown or field goal difference game. Mm -hmm. But because four interceptions, fumble, and 0 for 4 in the red zone, 35-6. Yep. Well, next we'll um, actually have an interview with the Helsinki Roosters defensive back, Curtis Slater. All right, welcome to the show today, Curtis. Hey, how you doing today? Good, great to have you. Uh, we appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, we're going to get into some questions. This week, you guys played the Royals. The beginning of the game against the Royals, it looked a little chippy in my opinion. Was There was a little pushing, a <laughs> little shoving, a little jaw jacking, things like of that nature, which we're accustomed to in the States, but you don't see that a lot in Finland here. So was yeah. that a result of... You know, the moments in the game, or is there a little bit of a rivalry brewing between the Roosters and the Royals? Um, I want to say you can kind of call it a somewhat rivalry. Um, I think it was just two two good teams going head-to-head, uh, trying to say, hey, look, this is, I'm here to stay, and like we're, we mean business when we come to play. Um, just like you said, from the states-wise, that's normal compared to, <laughs> to being out here. But um, I think they got a, a different mindset over there. Um, they got a great defense, great offense, and uh, so do we. So I think it was just going head-to-head saying, hey, you either man up or we're going to leave you behind. All right. So guarding R.J. Long is never an easy assignment. Everybody knows it. He's a great talent at receiver. But you were more than up to the task against him, against the Royals. How did you prepare mentally for that challenge? Just film recognition, um, seeing how he releases, um, what kind of of routes he likes to run, um, what he's had success in, and what his weaknesses were. Um, Especially in our game, uh, they did a great job of keeping him off the line because they watched me press a lot. Um, So I didn't get to press him too much. Um, But just being able to, to have that confidence to go against uh, another American or their best player on offense um, was something I'm, I always look forward to. And I make sure if, if it's me and him, I'm going to come out on top. Well, now you, your answer has me thinking of another question, so I'm going to throw this one at you. Uh, you said you, you were looking at what his weaknesses were. What is an R.J. Long weakness? I'd like to know. Uh, see, now with that, just depending on who they're playing and – I don't. I don't want to say if he's if he's going to go harder or easier on on certain players, but his I know his his positive successes has been deep balls, um, the short routes, being able to get inside his body um, is something that I saw he kind of ha- he kind of has a little problem with. So I was hoping to get inside of him, trying to press him a little bit. But like I said earlier, they did a great job of keeping him off the line, so I couldn't really jam the whole game like I usually do. Um, but the times that the ball was in the air and I was close enough, I made sure I was into his body, making sure I'd just give him a little, little context so make it easy for him. Okay, that's cool. That's good to know. It's always good to get a scouting report whenever you can, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Roosters defense, it had a bend but don't break mentality in this game. When, when it looked like the Royals were about to score – you guys just stepped up and made big plays. You caused turnovers. You stopped their drives. What was the attitude of the defense before those big plays? Like, what what was the 
What was the feeling on, on the defensive side when they were driving on you a couple of times in this game and it looked like they were about to score? Um, I think I think it's just that going back to that mentality, uh, we know they did have a couple of good drives on us. Um, some were just good plays. Some were just penalties that we gave up. Um, but especially with me, I make sure to tell the defense, like, hey, if they get anywhere near the red zone, then, like, it's time to, to knuckle up and, like, show them who's boss around – uh, the goal line because that's the biggest thing and I think especially with most defenses is if they do get a good drive because you know players players make plays uh, mm-hmm. penalties happen uh, especially if they get down towards the goal line you want to make sure that you you knuckle up and uh, man up at, on that goal line so don't give them that touchdown and our defense did a great job yesterday uh, with the interceptions uh, the fumbles um, the the stops uh, D line, our front seven is pretty mean. So uh, yeah. I didn't. I really wasn't too scared once we got into the uh, the red zone. I knew that our team would uh, man up and uh, handle business, and that's what they did. Okay, so you personally, Slater, you had two interceptions in this game, and from what I saw, you could have had three or four if it weren't for like penalties on you guys and yeah. their guys. Cause I seen you catch a lot of balls out there on defense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in my personal opinion, throwing your way is not worth the trouble. I wouldn't take the chances of throwing your way. But to be realistic, the Royals threw your way a lot in this game. A lot more than I would. But, you know, I'm not yeah. the quarterback of the other team. So yeah. I'm, I'm asking you man to man, do you take that as a slight disrespect? I mean, everybody knows who you are and what you can do. So mm-hmm. would you take that as a slight disrespect? I know you don't want to say full disrespect because of game yeah. plans and stuff. <laughs> so I'm just asking, does it does it tweak you just a little bit when they keep coming at you like that during a game, especially of this magnitude? Um, yeah, it, it, it does just a little bit. But I know that going up against R.J. Long, uh, most QBs will take his size over mine. Um, so I want to – kind of throw it as slight disrespect but just a little bit of confidence with them and yeah. I know teams they have to have confidence regardless if it's American on American or a finish on a fin you think your man's gonna win um you go ahead and put the ball up in the air and just say hey I, my man's gonna make the play um you know RJ's a, a great receiver and Justin loves throwing <laughs> so yeah. I was just hoping I was hoping, especially with this game, this is probably the, the, the game that I've got thrown at the most. Out of, That's what confused me. That I played. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'll take, I'll take it as slight disrespect, but then again, he's given me an opportunity to make a play on the ball that I haven't been able to make the whole season so far. And the, the consequence of that is those two interceptions. Plus, it shouldn't have been a little more, but penalties got us uh, called back. So basically, I mean, this might have been the only game where you get two interceptions because you might yeah. get two more <laughs> balls thrown at you in a game for the rest of the season. Yeah, I know that. That's the downfall. But then the the upfall for that is uh, now it's time for the other guys to when the ball's thrown their way to to make those plays. Yeah, and you guys, you definitely have a, a defensive backfield that can do that for you. So headed to to next week, actually this week. You guys have a short week. You just played on Monday, and on Saturday you're going to travel to Tampa to play against the Saints. Uh, let's get physical about that. How will you physically prepare your body for such a quick turnaround, especially after a tough game 
on Monday where you were on the field a lot. You guys had to play. You played against probably the best receiver in the league right now. And now you have to get ready for another game on Saturday. And you have to travel to Tampa. I think we're going to do a great job. We have a our uh, head coach has set up a kind of like a practice that we – it's like a ramp practice where it's more stretching, making sure that you're taking care of your body, uh, making sure that we're hydrated, and making sure that we're, we're doing what we need to do to, to be able to turn around quick enough. Um, with that, I would probably say with the practices, uh, the first couple will probably be just recognizing what they do, when they do it, and how they do it, uh, making sure that we're still – doing what we need to do <clears throat> on the defensive side, uh, what we schemed, um, correct what we did wrong in this game and uh, fix those so that whenever we play Saturday, we won't have those hiccups anymore, uh, especially penalty-wise. The Wassa Royals were supposed to be, I mean, we've all heard the fanfare. They're supposed to be the Roosters' main threat to their six-peat this year. But obviously – they're not there yet. They they played you guys. There were some things that you did a lot better than they did. There's all those reasons. We won't get into that. But you guys have had a lot of blowout wins so far this season. What do you use as motivation to play better each week? Because we know that being on top is hard because everybody's gunning for you. But you guys seem to just play better as each week progresses. Yeah, I think uh, especially with the, the confidence that we have going into each game, um, we know that we have that target on our back being the top team. So uh, we know that at any moment there's, you know, those those sleepers that will just come up and, and just have those great games. And we want to make sure that we do everything in our power to make sure that regardless of a sleeper or it's a great team, that we come out and play so that we don't get upset at any point in this season. Um the team does a great job staying together. We don't have anybody that's on the team that's like all cocky or, hey, you know what, well, we got this. We make sure that we we kill that that mood or that that type of player like now because those are the type of players that'll that'll mess up and give those touchdowns up, not catching the ball and stuff like that. So we just make sure everybody's staying focused, um, not getting too picky, not about being confident and uh, just going out and playing great ball every time we get on the field. Well, Curtis Slater, I appreciate you talking to us today, man. Uh, we wish you the best of luck this week against Tampa and for the rest of the season. Thanks for coming on the show. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Curtis Slater for taking the time to talk to us this week on the show. Uh, next, the Maple League is going to be back this Thursday with Porvo Butchers at Senioki Crocodiles. And then on Saturday, the Helsinki Roosters travel to Tampa to play against the Tampa Saints. And the last game of the week is going to be Monday. Turku Trojans travel to Hamelina to play the Hamelina Huskies on Monday night. Even though all three, three games should be competitive, only one can be the game to watch. So because these three games featured three teams with no wins, it's going to be a little hard to pick the game to watch. We've decided that the Porvo Butchers at the Senegal Crocodiles will be our game to watch this weekend. So, Jabbar, you take your sentence to describe why, and I'll take mine. Um, I think that this here is going to be the game to watch for the simple fact of we're going to see if the Butchers can continue this undefeated win streak. My sentence will be, are the Butchers for real and are the Crocodiles back? 
That's it for us this week on American Football in Finland. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out the latest show on perfectpurpose.com forward slash AFF. You can now subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for American Football in Finland in the podcast section and you can catch up on all of our latest content, including player and coaches interviews. So until next week, I'm Perfect Purvis and Jabari Harris. Thanks for having us again this week. See you next week. We'll see you next week.